Hi, this is Aaron Orlando reporting for RevelstokeMountaineer.com. Uh, I'm joined on the phone with by Marianne Wade, who is the Director of Development Services for the City of Revelstoke. We're here to talk about the official community plan uh, to do a little update on this process, which is midstream. Um, so Marianne, thanks for taking some time to speak with me today. It's my pleasure. So first of all, for starters, what is an official community plan or an OCP, as it's usually called? Um, an OCP is a document that's identified in the Local Government Act, and it is the official community plan that has a vision for the community and has a series of uh, technical reports attached to it to guide the development of a city um, over a period of years. It's generally speaking a 20-year document and should be renewed every five years. And it forms the guiding principles, the vision, um, the community priorities, and deals with various sectors of uh, the city as far as growth management, environment, culture, community. And it provides the overall uh, policy statements that will inform regulatory uh, documents like the zoning bylaw. Okay. Now it's it's uh, past time uh, to over, uh, to update uh, the OCP, and I wanted to ask you what are some problems that an outdated OCP poses for the community. Um, I think uh, so. What happens is when uh, time lapses. There's various um, components within legislation that we need to make sure the OCP aligns with. And the other thing is um, dealing with demographics and getting the right demographics to, that will inform uh, the growth management piece and land supply and demand and other infrastructure pieces that we need to include on. So it's about getting the technical studies up to date um, and getting the right population metrics into play so that we can inform the future uh, growth management of the city. Okay. So the city has just completed the OCP vision statement, the first step in the process. What changes were made to the vision statement and why were they made? Um, it, the vision, so what we did is we started with a uh, first phase of it where we went out to the public. We dealt with various committees of council and community committees. There was a survey. There was a pop-up um, parties or kits and vision parties. And we set some targets. We exceeded those targets. Um, we then summarized those components. Um, which were outlined in a report given to Council in December 2019. And in that report, there, what the feedback we got from the community is that there was some need to look at the vision statement and modify it to fit where we were today. Um, there was four main components that uh, were central to people's uh, responses, and that was growth management, um, the environment, um, dealing with culture and community. And so those form four clear sectors of how to organize the OCP, which was supported by council. And then we also said we wanted to go out and, to a focus group 
to take the feedback we had heard and offer three options of the vision based on the analysis of the, the survey uh, work and engagement we had done. And those visions uh, were basically keep the existing or um, modify it with some changes um, and a shortened version. And uh, we went out to the vision group. Um, they came back and basically said that they wanted, it was the original vision was some modifications for having language that was more suitable to today as far as where we as a community are. So, Marianne, I wanted to ask you, when residents express concerns about issues like unaffordable or unavailable housing, inappropriate development in their neighborhood, loss of community character, affordability in general, uh, growth uh, at a pace that outstrips infrastructure like the sewage treatment plant or just general environmental uh, sustainability challenges um, posed by the climate crisis, how can they channel those concerns into action through uh, upcoming OCP processes? Um, well, the first thing we're doing right now is there's a formation of a focus group um, that during our survey process, we asked for people to put forward organizations to be representative on a focus group that would guide this process because we're we are um, trying to do this from the grassroots up and listen to what the community and the diversity of the community so it's represented. So that focus group um, will be working with us to not only update the OCP but also the community um, emissions and energy plan, the SEEP, um, and will be because the SEEP is tied uh, and informs the OCP as well. So we're we're kicking that off um, to get that um, that piece of engagement. And then what will happen is as we go through the technical studies, which are underway now, the population study is almost complete. And then we will be moving forward um, in probably the fall um, to take about a year to go through the policy formation that is all going to be focused around growth management, environment, culture, and community. And we'll be engaging with the public with different formats and have a community engagement plan. So that process will totally be, um, will be, you know, presented to the community and there'll be ways of, we'll have a communication plan of saying how people can get engaged as we move through that piece. Okay. So I wanted to touch on a couple of things you said there. Um, you said, for example, from the grassroots up and also that you had exceeded uh, your targets. Um, but like during the first phase, the, the vision statements, the city consultants last fall set a deadline for residents to fill out an online questionnaire. Uh, but it didn't meet the, I believe, a statutory requirement uh, to get 10% feedback. Um, and that deadline was ex extended for, I, I believe, another month or so in order to get more feedback. That online form, I think there was about four or five questions, uh, didn't really have a lot of in the way of in-depth explanation of 
the possibilities for shaping the future of the community through the OCP. Um, and as you mentioned, the results were further uh, sort of influenced by a focus group, which uh, consisted of, you know, various committee, committee members, um, including, a, you know, big uh, numerical representation from, you know, tourism and commerce groups. Um, and then I noticed just today the city sent out a media release, uh, which had said, quoted you as saying there had been a robust engagement process sort of putting the question to you how do you square that sort of statement with the these facts and their sort of implicit criticism so i, I i'll need to clarify a few things that you've uh, stated there Aaron. Mm -hmm. uh so first of all we um there's not a statutory, not statutory. what is it because i believe uh, so, the number reflected 10 percent so, of the community is so that I, I just want to go through the methodology so we have clarity. Mm -hmm. So what it is is that um, we best practices in IP2 um, is to take rough to get 10%, and we set a target of 10% of the population, which was 753 surveys. 10%, yeah, that's correct. And so when we set the deadline, we hadn't quite reached Seven seven hundred and fifty-three. So we extended it by another. Uh, I think it was about three weeks, and then we exceeded our target, and we're upwards about nine thirty-five, if I remember. So we got an. We exceeded that target we had set, which we were satisfied with. Um, then we also had set targets for the pop-ups and the vision, and we exceeded the pop-ups and the vision parties. The target. Um, hadn't been quite met. We were short by two, but we believe that what happened there is we just didn't get that recorded because in talking with people, we realized that they hadn't notified us that they had actually done those vision parties. Um, we got a lot of positive feedback from that engagement process. And from that process, that's where we embarked on the next phase, which was that out of that survey, it was clear that we needed to revise the or address and check with the community about revising the vision and that's when we moved into a focus group which was represented all um, committees and uh, of council as well as local ones so we had collective impact we had uh, the environment committee we had APC so we had a, a cross-section including the youth committee um, all represented in that survey so that we had diversity and we had a workbook we did a video and we got those responses. And then we analyzed out those results, and that's where we twigged uh, the vision and the community priorities. And that's what went to council. And council voted on doing the, um, the vision statement that was, that arose and evolved out of what the community had given mm -hmm. to us. But within that uh, focus group feedback, you know, the workbooks that, as you guys, as the city calls them, uh, uh, that were submitted to you, 12 were from tourism and com commerce interest, uh, interest uh, committees. There was, you mentioned the youth, but there was only one from the youth. There was three from social development, two from uh, the environmental committee. So really, you know, more than half of uh, the feedback is from tourists, uh, tourism and commerce, like such as the Chamber of Commerce. Um, is this, uh, you know, does that raise any concern that the results from the focus group uh, 
maybe is skewed a little away from uh, the general plan for the whole community that the OCP is? I think that um, uh, the results are um, everybody had a, a fair opportunity within those committees that represent the diversity of the community and that uh, various people who like sit on tourism also sit on some other committees. So I think that there's a diversity um, that has been achieved, which was our objective. So I think that we feel that we've got a diversity within the community, and um, I, and I think we're quite happy with all that. Okay, so uh, sort of this is restating a, a previous question, sort of in, in a little bit of a different way. But residents are often, you know, concerned about concrete issues in their community: housing affordability, community character potholes and parking, that kind of thing. But it can be a challenge to get residents to engage on abstract processes like the OCP. Will there, uh, as you mentioned in, in the fall, there will be more opportunity for the community to uh, participate and engage on the OCP process. Will there be more education components, uh, ones that you know inform the residents of the importance of the OCP in shaping the future of the community uh, in a way that addresses uh, their concrete concerns. So maybe you might want to give me an example of that, Aaron. Uh, and so, for example, uh, housing. How can the OCP improve housing affordability uh, and availability? So what, what would happen is that the way the OCP moving forward, there'll be four sections. So we'll address growth management, which has to do with infrastructure, housing, land supply, population, and how do we look at addressing the population um, that will be projected for 2042, and what does that mean on our land supply and our, and our needs in the community. So that would form as um, there'll be information, there'll be engagement, and the forms and tools that we'll use, I have not flushed out yet because it'll be part of the community engagement process that we'll bring to council. Mm -hmm. And we'll run it through council and then we'll get direction to bring that forward. Mm -hmm. So it's a little premature for me to talk about uh, the tools that we'll use because we have to put together that communication and engagement plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, what about another, uh, you know, issue? Uh, the Mount Begbie Protection Plan uh, has been a topic of discussion, a subject of a petition this week. Of course, that's outside of city limits, uh, but nearby to the community. How does the OCP um, help uh, affect or impact, you know, general environmental sustainability, uh, climate crisis-related issues? How can somebody who is concerned about, uh, you know, the, the community's role in those issues uh, take part in upcoming processes to uh, express their concerns and uh, have the, you know, future vision of uh, Revelstoke uh, reflect uh, what they think are important issues? Well, I think, first of all, it's important to understand the legislation and statutory divisions. Uh, Mount Bigby is part of the CSRD, um, and, that, and that is a conversation that needs to occur within the legislation roles. Um, so that's one piece. Our OCP doesn't go into um, the CSRD or regional planning. 
What about general environmental sustainability as a specific uh, question? How can uh, residents uh, participate in the OCP to have those general environmental sustainability questions addressed? Well, there's going to be a whole section in the OCP about environment, which then also is tied into the SEEP. And that environmental environmental section will address environmental mapping, identifying sensitive areas, you know, wild wildlife corridors, um, dealing with um, sustainable land use practices. We'll be looking at step code. So there'll be emissions, you know, site planning, um, how we build, the protection, um, maintenance, management of environmentally sensitive areas. So there'll be a bunch of policies that will come out of the environment, and that'll be a section because the city is committed to climate action. We do have the SEEP, so it's all tied together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the COVID-19 era, like how will you overcome challenges uh, the, the pandemic poses for the consultation process. So like in the past, uh, you know, a decade ago, during these types of city processes, we get, you know, 100, 200, several hundred, you know, uh, salt of the earth kind of community members in the big room at the community center, engaged, interacting, participating, but that's a big challenge now. So where will there be opportunities for, you know, hands-on engagement? Um, uh, You know, I guess, what would you say to a resident who feels like they have a lot to contribute than maybe just a a short online form? I think that, um, as I was indicating earlier with the community engagement plan, we're working out those tools. We're looking at software um, programs to help um, with community engagement. And once we can figure out what the best tool might be, then we'll look at that. We don't know what COVID's going to do over the next little while, so I can't, you know, I don't have a crystal ball about that one. Mm-hmm. So it, it is very much having to adjust to the COVID situation and develop tools. Other municipalities are in the same boat as we are, and we're working out the best practices for that. And that'll be part of what we bring out with the community engagement piece and our and our plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one last question. Um, earlier, you said there would be more engagement uh, opportunities in the, in the fall. Uh, sort of, what is the next? Uh, thing that the community members are going to see about the OCP process, the next opportunity for them to engage in the fall? What, what sort of uh, stage in the, uh, the OCP process will that be? So what, we, what we're doing right now is doing all the required technical studies we need to inform the policy. So right now we're, we're doing, you know, infrastructure studies, we're doing environmental studies, we're looking at transportation, we're um, getting together our LIDAR base mapping. We're doing land inventory. Um, we are looking at uh, the trail strategy, the demographics. All those pieces have to come together uh, to your earlier uh, question about what is needed and what we have to do. We have to update all the technical studies. Uh, so we're in the process of doing that. And then once we have those together, that will influence the pieces we need to take forward in the four community sections that we've got organized, the growth management environment, culture, and community. And then, as I said, we would do a community engagement and we'll inform people how we're going to roll out that phase once we take it to council. Um, and it 
we're looking at phase three starting in October, and we'll have an, we'll have to bring an engagement um, process forward to council and roll it out. And right now, as you had indicated before, we have to deal with COVID. We've got to look at alternative ways of engaging so we can reach people in, in various levels. So we just don't have one format, but using many tools like we did on the, the vision, we use three different types of tools. So we have to define those as well. Mm-hmm. So we still have, we're very much in the technical tools, community engagement uh, strategy, and then bringing that forward to council. Marianne Wade is the Director of Development Services uh, for the City of Revelstoke and is overseeing the city's official community plan process. Uh, Marianne, thanks for taking time to speak with me today. Well, thanks for inviting me to have a conversation with you. Uh, I I look forward to many more. Thanks, Aaron. Okay. Uh, Marianne, can you hold on a sec? Sorry, I'm just